I've identified several rivals and one suspect. <laughs> I've made so many enemies. Live from the Mundangerous Party Room in New York City, I'm your host Shane. And I'm your host Ishan. And welcome to episode 328 of Total Party Thrill, a podcast for game masters and players where we discuss our campaigns in order to inspire yours. This is Actual Play, Season 3, Episode 9. In this episode, we're continuing our playthrough of the 5th edition D&D adventure, The Magister's Masquerade, from the source book Strixhaven, A Curriculum of Chaos. Tez Proudgale has passed his first exam, cheated his first exam. I don't know if it's the first time he's cheated an exam, but... There's actually, in Rogue Archaeology School, there's an exam that you fail if you don't cheat. <laughs> <laughs> I could buy it. I could buy it. Yeah, uh, like it's 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 the class that you take alongside a real archaeology class. But if you don't cheat in the real archaeology class, you fail the rogue archaeology class. It's basically finance. Senior seminar. He, however, is really here undercover in order to prevent a dire prophecy from coming into effect. Uh, he's also looking for some treasure. Always looking for that treasure. Mm -hmm. All right. So to kick it off, we've got a few logistics for Tez. First thing, uh, all of you, Tez, Skelebro, and Meepo, officially passed the exam, which means you get stuff. Okay. I know, Let's do it. right? Uh, this is the last bit of the mechanics of the exams in the book that we haven't touched on yet. Student dice. So for uh, each section of the exam that you pass, you get a student die, which is a D4 that you can roll when you are using either of the skills that were tested in the exam, being Arcana and History in this particular exam. And that die refreshes after every long rest. And you keep it until the end of the term. Cool. So that means that Scalabro has essentially a daily guidance on an Arcana and History. Meepo does as well. And Tez has one for Arcana and one for History. Got it. Okay. This happens with every exam and every exam tests uh, different skills. And you can also get these student dice through other methods, um, fulfilling particular criteria elsewhere, like on campus. Perhaps you'll find out. Uh, the other thing is, Tez and everyone else levels to six. And I only had to ask for it like every single session. Uh, that's how these things work. I say, no, you'll never level up. Uh, and then you badger me until I say, okay, fine. This is the way. Mm -hmm. All right. So what does Meepo get from level six? It's pretty impressive, I think. Ab. Absolutely nothing but hit points. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll get into this more in the debrief episode, but like this is yet another failing of the sidekick system. Uh, Meepo does, in fact, get a class feature called uh, Potent Cantrip. He gets to add his spellcasting modifier to cantrip damage. Uh, however, what's his spellcasting modifier? Minus one. Yeah, so... Uh, uh, let's just say he doesn't do that. He will not. Yeah. Cool. Cool. <laughs> it's great. I don't know why would you 
Why would you think otherwise? It works exactly as intended. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scalabro, though, finally, uh, his, uh, his combat prowess comes to fruition. Yeah, finally he has earned that mythical extra attack that we've heard mm. so much about. Mm-hmm. Pretty sweet. You know, le- soldiers of, of legendary lore have made two attacks in a mere six seconds, and now Skelebro enters their ranks. There's no competition. It's only taken him 1,800 years. That's right. But <laughs> better late than never. While you were screwing around uh, in, in college bars, he was studying the blade. <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> Terrible student. Uh, all right. But really, the important question is, what is Tez doing? Because at level five, Tez was, I believe, Rogue 3, Artificer 2. So did you take the, the practical... Uh, ability score increase from Rogue 4 or maybe a feat? Uh, or are you taking the juicy, juicy Artificer subclass choice? You know I didn't do practical. <laughs> uh, it, it gets me almost no immediate benefit, um, but it does get me uh, immediately awesome. And that is what, I, what I'm here for. So uh, I decided to take... Another level of Artificer and the Armorer subclass, which I believe is the new one from Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. So that's the one that wasn't in the original Eberron book. Um, but this, uh, this, this subclass allows you to make your regular armor, uh, whatever armor you are wearing, into your arcane armor, which basically grants it an upgrade, either the Guardian or the Infiltrator upgrade. Uh, I will be defaulting to Infiltrator, but there is perhaps a possibility that I take Guardian. That basically makes you tanky with some um, uh, temp HP as well as uh, an ability to taunt with your uh, punch. Um, But instead, I am taking the Infiltrator, which gives me a lightning attack out of my uh, gauntlet or chest. So, you know, Iron Man, basically, um, with his, like, you know, power beam. Um, and gives me five feet of movement speed and most importantly gives me a uh, displacement field or uh, sorry a dampening field which gives me advantage on dexterity stealth checks Um, all of them not just moving silently not just uh, hiding in shadows like my other stealth gear does so I will be uh, getting myself a glow up later on but for now I already had that I'm just you know, further codifying it, moving a little bit faster, and maybe blasting somebody with lightning at some point. So we talked about this offline a little bit, but like the way that you've described Tez thus far is basically like a swashbuckler, right? He's a pirate and an Indiana Jones type rogue archaeologist. And now Mm -hmm. you're going down the like Iron Man power armor Gundam route. Talk about like meshing these together. Uh, it's very simple. There is no requirement as to what your armor actually looks like. And in fact, you can retract it almost entirely if you would like. Uh, <laughs> and I've already, we've already kind of talked about how I have uh, my little helper, the, the little mechanical scorpion. Um, I, I've already described it as it like fusing into a gauntlet around my hand. Um, so I kind of like the idea that my armor sort of like rapidly assembles um, in like a magical mechanical fashion. Um and that it, it always kind of stays piecemeal, right? So less uh, less Iron Man, more, um, I guess, like Star-Lord, right? Because, like, mm-hmm. Star-Lord has, like, 
you know, a magic mask that does a lot of stuff for him. And like, you know, he has like a couple guns, but he otherwise is like just a dude in a leather jacket. Um, so I get, I'm, I think I'm going more for the Star Lord vibe. Uh, but you know, like with a with a pretty um, obvious chess piece, I suppose to to kind of house all this gear. Canonically, your arcane armor can be a leather jacket if you really want. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, or it could be flavored that way. I'm not sure I'm ready to go full duster on this. Mm, mm, mm-hmm. But he was he was already wearing like um, you know serpent scale mail, and I think we just kind of described it as a uh, you know like a breastplate sort of thing, right? Um, so I you know I I feel like the idea of more of like a very form fitting kind of body glove sort of thing that I could still wear, you know, a classic leather jacket over or a, not even a coat, like like a jacket, you know, I mean, like a motorcycle jacket. I mean, come on, swashbuckling here. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think that makes I think that makes sense for Tez. It is also Eberron. Right. Uh, I have a bulky armor that is perfectly silent because, you know, magic. Yeah, perfectly silent. And then also like, you, you know, it's not like the real world, like this is a world where alter self is like an at will for many, many people. <laughs> so like, it's very normal to just illusion, uh, whatever kind of appearance you want. Right. I don't see why that couldn't be used to enhance your stealth capabilities. Uh, if it were, you know, carefully applied, uh, to your armor and, and sort of like automated, right? Like think of like the James Bond car from, uh, uh, which one tomorrow never dies oh. uh i believe was the one that had a fully invisible car because it just it was basically uh outward facing cameras and the whole chat like the whole body was a screen and so it was just a camera facing the opposite direction was displaying on on a tiny screen you know uh behind it and so it always just looked like you were seeing straight through it until you know obviously got shot full of bullets that makes sense to me. That works in Eberron, right? It absolutely works in Eberron. It, it, is it silly and wacky and something that someone from the 1920s dreamed up? Perfect. Uh, it's, something uh, from the 2020s, maybe. It's it's uh, the, the whole skin of the auto carriage is made of crystal balls, and they're scrying behind it. <laughs> right, and when the... Um, when the ever-burning uh, torches are uh, are lowered... Out pop machine guns. <laughs> Arc- Ar- arcane turrets. Name for main name for Gatling to Kenneth. <laughs> it's from uh, Aston to Martin. <laughs> now I will say, speaking of uh, Alter Self, though, I thought you might go um, alchemists and then reflavor like a Batman utility belt because you basically burn a spell slot and create. A potion and those things those have effects like fly for 10 minutes or in fact alter self uh it does um the problem is that all those effects felt very minor mm. uh and frankly like not really character defining for tez um and so i just didn't you know like for for a solo adventurer with a with a couple of party members it didn't seem like the uh the right path um for tess <laughs> so my you've shattered my dream of a thief rogue 
uh, who can create a potion as an action in one round and still drink it the same round. <laughs> get get the yeah. effect. <laughs> the only multi-class combination that can do that. Right. And one out of nine rounds, it will be the potion I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So now that the paperwork is done, let's dive back into the game. When last we left, Dean Tullis was reminding you that uh, there will be things that uh, you as third years will need to do to prepare for the Magister's Masquerade. Uh, she told you the theme, which is a starlit evening. Uh, and she also tells you that, you know, as uh, the faculty, one of the faculty advisors for the Masquerade, she is offering extra credit on the next exam to any student who prepares a costume idea inspired by the history of Arcanics. So she, it's like an open-ended assignment. She says, you know, go research it, find out about the school. You don't even need to have the costume that you show up in be this one, but like prepare an idea for a costume and, you know, we'll share them and post them and maybe you'll inspire someone else. Um, uh, for, for a costume idea that has something to do with the history of Arcanics. You do that, I'll give you extra credit on the next exam. And she says, you know what? It'll be worth a lot. It might be a way to make sure that Meepo passes this class. You're not wrong about that. And uh, both Meepo and, well, less Meepo, but definitely Scalabro is very interested in this extra credit thing. Kind of looks over to you and says, mm, extra credit. I have not heard of this. Uh, yeah, so extra credit is when you get to add points to your total but not out of your expected if that makes sense you know like 100 percent means you got 100 out of 100 like this will let you get like 105 out of 100 mm. he nods and says like when a vampire drinks someone else's blood uh sort of except this is a little more victimless bonus blood it, it's basically like a good way if you've done poorly on an exam to increase your grade by doing extra work. But if you did well on the exam, there's no reason to bother. Does that make sense? He nods and then looks over at Meepo, who suddenly seems to realize that Skelibro is looking over at him and, oh, so it just starts nodding. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. We uh, uh, allow me to remind you that we're not real students here. So we don't care about extra credit. Perhaps you do not care. I've made many inroads among the, the students by talking about our classes together. How about you? Have you made inroads among the student population? How are your investigations going into this chosen one? He whispers the last part. I've identified sev several rivals and one suspect. I've made so many enemies. And I've also cultivated at least half a source. Um, I, Tez kind of glances around, and it, it seems like this is a, you know, an empty enough place to have a bit of a conversation, but he'll kind of lower his voice anyway and be like, I, surely, Skelebro, you have considered that Aurora may well fit the profile. Uh, so let's let's sort of abstract this timeline a little bit. Um, now you're like walking through the halls, classes over. Um, yeah, you know, huddled together, 
uh, going to wherever your next destination might be. And, you know, he, Scalibro says, mm, Yes, I, I have considered this. It is part of the reason that we're spending so much time together. Right. As Tez just said, you do have some leads, a few irons in the fire. Um, you've talked to enough students at this point where you kind of have the lay of the land. So let's abstract out, say, the next couple of weeks. You'll still be going to your classes. The uh, Dean Tullis is focused on the next exam, which is uh, about four weeks after the first exam. Uh, and is teaching to that, reminding you all to study, reminding you about the extra credit. But what avenues, investigative avenues, do you want to be pursuing in this time? I think Tez basically has one suspect, which is Aurora, but then thinks probably the most powerful lead is actually trying to... uh, Incidentally, uh, co-opt Dean Tullis Mm. into this search. Over time, Tez has proven to be uh, an an adept student, um, given that he is, you know, a a master of the subject matter Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and needs only the barest amount of refresher in order to pass a, you know, a basic undergrad uh, exam. Um, And like, so... I think Tez tries to ingratiate himself with Dean Tullis and sort of uh, cultivate her as a potential source of information without really revealing the source Um, and certainly not any type of, you know, ulterior motive of um, the the Zalargo Trust or anything like that. Like, I, I think what Tez, Tez would be willing to kind of offer the idea that, like, look, this is not, like, I, I won't lie to you. I'm sure you already know that, like, these exchange programs are highly political and often, like, students are not sent with purely academic matters uh, at front of mind. And certainly, uh, we are not necessarily the best students to come uh, or to have been nominated. But we do have an agenda, uh, and, and I'm reser- I need to research this while I'm here. Uh, and I, I don't have any, I don't know how to proceed. And so like, I will let her in on bits of this prophecy without necessarily like revealing anything about its source or where it came from or why I'm, I was sent to Arcanics to look it up. Right. Like Hmm. I'll let it be more of a historical context, um, rather than a contemporary one, but I'm trying to get her kind of hooked into the mystery uh, and interested in this uh, from an academic perspective, because we're kind of kindred spirits given we study the same thing. Interesting. Okay, so hmm, do you think, would Tez sort of frame this almost as like literally an academic question? Like when when she first came into class in the first place, right? She had this like green smoky orb that she found on her most recent dig uh, basically saying like i don't know everything about this yet but part of the process of you know studying arcane relics is figuring them out right so she sort of like mm-hmm. presented a problem she was working on are, are you like approaching her as like a almost like a fellow colleague being like 
not I've been tasked with like stopping a prophecy, but here is a an ancient riddle that I've been mulling over. Like sort of yeah, like that. So I, well, I think first I'm approaching as like the uh, the student who's trying to become the TA, right? Like. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in your research, like, let me help in your lab, like, all that sort of thing, right? So the eager student. But then over time, right, I want to kind of turn her, yeah, exactly, to this this riddle that I'm working on um, that I was sent here. And, and like, you know, at, at, like, over again, over time, like, as that trust is built, then I would perhaps reveal, like, this is actually the reason that I was chosen to come here is to work on this specific riddle, rather than just, you know, as a personal project. Okay, okay. And that'll be over the next couple. Exactly. And like like the kind of thing where it's like I'm expected to, you know, have insight into this riddle before I return kind of thing. Right. Okay. So let's rewind just a little bit. As you are like, you know, game planning with Meepo and Scalabro, right? Because they'll either go off and do their own things or they're going to help you with this thing. Um, yep. Scalabro will remind you that if you are looking to ingratiate yourself with the Dean before you approach her in the first place, one thing you might want to do is the latest optional assignment. Yeah, I know. But I don't need extra credit. You don't, but, but I, they but do. I do. I, okay, fine. Uh, so wait, I got to come up with three ideas now? Two for your grades and one for mine? <laughs> uh... I think Scalabro will say, you can tell Scalabro is one, happy that you're going to help, uh, and two, quickly thinking how not to make this too arduous for you. And uh, he he posits that you don't need to have all of this completed. You just need to show up having started looking into things, right? So that she knows you're working on it. You're right. Okay. Okay. So he suggests an extra excursion to the library. Where else? Uh, would you be studying Arcanic's history, but the Biblioplex? Uh, once again, you enter uh, the stately and impressive building, and that mental chime goes off in your head. And almost instantly uh, behind you, you hear that same voice of the Gnomish Librarian. Why, hello! You've returned. Excellent. Always good to see inquiring minds sharpening themselves against the wet stones of the biblioplex yes thank you for your help before we all passed our test uh oh uh, i thought you might i thought you might yeah uh your your guidance was very helpful i could use your guidance once again our attentions have now been turned to the history of arcanics itself uh and specifically I am interested in the history behind behind the uh, Furigale repository. Oh. She raises an eyebrow. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, not a place most students go. It's dangerous. Uh, so I learned. She gives you a, a knowing nod, but doesn't say anything further. And then, like, waits for just maybe like a beat longer than you would expect it was a duel it was a duel <laughs> i was there for a duel and i won <laughs> she says ha ha actually technically it wasn't me 
uh, it was Skelebro's duel, but we won, and that's what counts. You know I could turn all of you in right now. Dueling is firmly against the, the honor code, but I won't do that. Of course, you know that I won't do that. You're smart enough to know that I won't do that. I apologize. I did not realize that that was the case. I will be less flippant the next time I speak to a member of the faculty. <laughs> she lowers her voice and says, oh, no, I'm not a faculty member. I'm just a humble librarian. And then she's, she adds a little even quiet, more quietly. And a trustee of the university. Tez tips a fake, a fake hat, like a, like a, you know, pantomimes, like a hat tip. And she says, but of course I am invested in your academic success. So let us return to the matter at hand. She leads you to another uh, one of the silent study rooms and says, I'll be right back. And you can see she brings in book upon book upon book, which all look applicable and interesting. I mean, it's certainly interesting to Tess. Um, do you actually want information on the Furiga repository? It's a thing that Tez has an idea for a costume uh, about, um, though it may be ill-advised now that I uh, <laughs> have, <laughs> now that we've learned that dueling is illegal in Bushwood, sir. Hi, I'm a melted statue. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, yeah, exactly. That was that was gonna be. Well, I mean, if there's something interesting about Fury Gale, otherwise I'll just look for other you know interesting tidbits that come out of the research, and you know maybe it'll lead me to another costume. All Gotta right. start somewhere. So then the three of you, each of you can make a history check. And I believe we each get a D4 from our uh, student dice. If you want to spend it now, you certainly do. Uh, you know I will. Uh, okay, got some good base rolls here. So Tez has a 16 plus 1 plus 7 is 24. 24 um, is very good. Skelebro does not have any training or intelligence to speak of, so he has 12 plus 2 on his student die is a 14. And Meepo, you know, can confirm is Meepo. He rolled a 16 <laughs> plus 4, and he has a minus 1 to intelligence. So he has a 19. 19, 19. That is very good. All right. So you pour through the books, and mm -hmm. to Taz, of course, this is fascinating. And you can see that Scalabro and Meepo are invested in this now that they've gotten a taste of academic success and before you know it you look up and realize that the sun has gone down you've been here for hours basically the entire mm -hmm, day mm -hmm. looking uh through all this stuff it's almost like a wikipedia dive right like there's there's so much history to this place hundreds and hundreds of years um uh but yes you do uh, find some interesting things about the fury gale repository that could potentially um uh, inspire uh, a costume it used to actually be essentially a landfill before it got turned into like a, a magical um more environmentally uh, friendly re recycling pit uh and back in the back in the early more brutal days uh, of the school it was uh, basically where you know monster bodies were dumped 
uh, after, uh, any wandering creatures that uh, ended up uh, on campus and were uh, slaughtered by security or, you know, uh, overzealous students would sort of just end up there. Hmm. Hmm. I, I hide that little detail from Skelebro. <laughs> uh, so Skelebro got a 14, right? He did. Okay. Um, he... The thing that probably is most interesting to him is that before the last war, when this was just on Dare, uh, sorry, when when this was uh, part of a united Galifar, on Dare, of course, was considered the best of the five nations in magic and particularly magical warfare. And one of the things that they trained people to do here was to fight and kill rogue dragons. He finds that interesting and fascinating. Mm. But that's about the level, right, like actual history that Skelebro gets. Tez and, interestingly, Meepo both find information like that, but then kind of get distracted and almost start, like, comparing notes because Meepo sort of brings a thing to you that isn't really history. It's more recent. Uh, Some of the files that the librarian has deposited here are from just this last year. And as Meepo is going through them, Meepo has realized that there's a big chunk of them missing. Or at least he can see that these are filed chronologically and there's a big gap. And when Tez takes a closer look, he realizes it isn't a section of time that's missing. It is all of the records, all of the school records that should be here from Dean Tullis's most recent expedition. Interesting. Hmm. <laughs> Very curious. Well, boys, there's a couple way we couple ways we can play this. One, we try to use this as leverage. We mention the missing uh missing documentation, and see where that leads us. Two, we appeal to her sense of mystery and kindred spirits. We notice that they were missing, wonder why they were missing, want to get involved in why they were missing. We volunteer, because if it's missing, it must be interesting. How do you feel? Some dice... Meepo likes the idea of asking the dean and being very helpful. Uh, sh- surely it must be misplaced, and maybe they can, maybe all of you uh, can put the records back where uh, they should go or go find them. Scalabro is more skeptical. What if this is intentional? What if she's the one who has removed the records? Oh no. Oh, I'm sorry, you misunderstand, Scalabro. It's definitely intentional. There's there's no accident. The point is, some people see that it's intentional, and they see it as something they can use to coerce. Uh, Other people see that it's intentional and think, ah, this is something I'd like to be involved in. And I'm leaning towards maybe convincing her that, yeah, that's something I should be involved in. Hmm. Hmm. As her star pupil. And 
at this, Meepo nods and says, mm, Yes, Meepo will do it. Meepo is star pupil. Indeed. Yeah, well, we can let Dean tell us choose. And Meepo gives you like a, a pitying little pat on your knee and nods. Skelebro looks back and forth between the two of you. And you can tell that he doesn't like this idea, but if both of you are bored with it, he'll support you. Maybe with his sword. <laughs> Skelebro, what what would you have us do? Break into her office and steal them? I thought that was the exact kind of thing you would counsel against. That's why I didn't even suggest it. Obviously, that was plan zero. Sort of perks up at this. Says, hmm... This is perhaps a good idea. A better idea, anyway. And if you are as good a thief as you always claim to be, then we can be in and out with no one the wiser, and then do your version of the plan, armed with whatever we find. First of all, I'm a better thief than I always claim. I'm humble. And second, I'm going to need a distraction. All right, so as a plan forming, are you going... Do you want to break into the dean's office? I wasn't planning to commit larceny uh, in an academic institution, of which I'm uh, a student only under the guise of being an exchange student. But yeah, sure, why not? I mean, I'm sure I can (laughs) break into her office set off the alarms, get caught red-handed, and talk my way out of it like I normally would? Quite possibly, yes. What's the point of having second story work if you're not doing second story work? (laughs) I I do think, actually, um, rather than like a a big event sort of distraction and and theft, uh, I, I do think Tez would lean more towards trying to use some of what they've researched to, you know, get her attention with the extra credit assignment and still try to, you know, get into her lab and and develop some trust before showing up to knock over her office. All right. That sounds good. So you're going to go back to plan A for now, which is ingratiate yourself. Yeah. But now I have something that I know that I'm looking for, right? And that is an, an opening... Uh, or any information on her files at an opening uh, to perhaps uh, thumb through them and or lift them. Mm, okay. Uh, so you go to class, you know, a week and a half later or so, armed with all of this information, deciding to, you know, stay after and talk to Dean Tullis. Except that Class starts, or at least the time for class starts, and she isn't here. Uh, And about ten minutes go by, and then someone you don't recognize, who seems a bit older than an average student, uh, comes in and seems rather flustered, uh, pokes her head and looks around and says, Oh, oh, uh, Dean Tullis didn't, she's not, she's not here. Okay, okay. Uh, Comes in and says, Hi, I'm, uh, I'm one of her teaching assistants. Uh, we don't know where she is. Um, so... Class dismissed. And then leaves hurriedly. Don't wait up. And Tez, uh, 
grabs his bag and sprints like down the auditorium steps and after out the door <laughs> following the uh the ta okay you catch up quite quickly because of course you have cunning action <laughs> right <laughs> and an extra five an extra right. five feet of movement now <laughs> i'm up to 40 <laughs> no 35 I, I i don't know your name i'm sorry uh excuse me uh oh oh hello yes yes um you said that uh, Dean Tullis is missing? Uh, mm, I misspoke. Indisposed. Uh, cancel, cancel class. Can't you cancel class? That's that's what I said. Hmm. And but you also said that you're her teaching assistant. Mm-hmm. Yes. Could I buy you a drink? Uh, make a persuasion check. I thought you'd never ask. 17 plus 9 26 that's a very good number um so they stop and turn to you uh this is uh and look up at you because this uh TA is a dwarf a bespectacled dwarf in uh academic robes looks up at you and says definitely but not right now uh and turns on his heel and keeps moving uh tez does not even miss a beat in like immediately falling into step alongside uh and is like look i i've been meaning to talk to dean tell us i i wanted to become a teaching assistant as well i'm fascinated i i would love to learn more about her research it, it, if it's dangerous or or something like it doesn't scare me at all I want to be involved you had a 26 right she showed us the orb so he's gone from like rushing away from you to walking with you uh, in the general direction of um, Lorehold campus oh you want to be a teaching assistant um, you know she's always looking for new TAs Maybe next year that might be interesting. We can we can talk about it when you when you buy me that drink. But I'll be honest with you, she's been really flaky this year. And I know it just started. It's it's not like her, but she's she's been missing office hours. She's been locking herself in her office sometimes. Sometimes she's not in her office and we, we can't find her. Uh, this is the first time where she's actually missed class. Uh huh. But you know, certainly if if this gets worse i don't really know what we're gonna do uh that is well really disappointing honestly because i'm uh an exchange student from carnath uh and, and so I, I i won't be here next year um but i i do have some training in in investigation and and you know sort of forensic analysis um perhaps uh Maybe I could see if there's, you know, some some hint left behind in, in her lab or her office, maybe? Uh, he gives a sharp laugh and says, <laughs> uh, her office is fascinating. If you ever have a, a chance, like, definitely visit her there. Uh, oh, oh, exchange. Wait a minute. You're the, you're the proud claw proud gale but you know that's fine 
Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. She mentioned that you, you knew your stuff. That's good. I mean, you will definitely enjoy having a chat with her when she's on her game. She's amazing, and she has one of the most impressive collections of arcane relics that I've ever heard of, just in her office. And she knows the ins and outs of every single one of them, except the most recent acquisition. Right, the 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 orb, right? Did she the 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 orb with like kind of the the smoke? Yeah, the green smoke. Yeah, she loves that thing. I mean, she loves every new thing that that she finds. Um, so he pauses for a second and says. I'll tell you what. And he reaches into his pocket, pulls out a small key charm, hands it to you, and says, this will get you into the foyer. Uh, and that's where you can uh, reserve a slot for uh, faculty office hours. Put your name in there, make sure you have the key charm on you, and you'll be able to get one of the slots that aren't usually reserved for students. Um, I'm, you know, the way that she's mentioned you before, I'm sure she'll be fine with it. So go do that. It may be a little while before you can actually talk to her. Okay. Uh, oh, oh my goodness. Thank you so much. This is, uh, this is a huge help. I, I just, I, I, well, I'm glad that she's, I guess knows my name, but I, you know, I just want her to notice me. Um, how, how do I get to her office? I've never been. <laughs> um, he gives you. You know, uh, and as always, a convoluted series of uh, directions to uh, get to uh, to the Dean's Wing in Archaeo Memorial Hall, which is where all of the Lorehold professors have their offices. Th- thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, I-, I won't take any more of your time and uh, I- I- good luck on um, finding her or finding time with her. Good luck, have fun. You definitely owe me a drink. And then he disappears around a corner. Uh, Tez turns around smirking. Wait, you're not going to buy him a drink? Rush- oh, well, I'll buy him a drink. But later, he said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and rushes off to his dorm to get some equipment. <laughs> All right, what do you get, and then what do you do? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm getting... Uh, um, so Tez isn't foolish enough to think that there aren't some type of, you know, magical, uh, defenses against, uh, you know, breaking and entering, um, and also knows that there is probably, uh, a reasonable assumption by the professors that the sort of dimensional weirdness of the towers kind of protects their offices in a way. Tez intends to put that to the test. Uh, so he is grabbing climbing gear, uh, and his intent is to, and, and, and like, um, some, you know, sort of counter, countermeasure, uh, equipment, right? So his idea is he's going to try to bypass any magical countermeasures or mechanical countermeasures, uh, to get in and then quickly, rather than search the office immediately, uh, will try to, uh, egress through like a window or something um leaving behind a path that he can follow back to the same spot in the interior pocket dimension right so if he leaves a uh a rope um you know on the side of of lorehold then perhaps he can kind of bypass the uh 
the conventional security measures by leaving an opening into that that piece of the uh, pocket dimension. Interesting. Okay, I assume you're doing this at night. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Are you bringing either of the other two with you? Um. Yes. I'm both. Yes. Okay. Uh, and their job in preparation for this is to come up with a plausible excuse for why they're drunk outside of the RK hold so that they can <laughs> warn me if anybody comes. Okay. Um, Scalabro thinks this is a terrible idea. Meepo thinks this is a great idea. Uh, Scalabro is outvoted. So <laughs> I don't know, don't know where you got the idea that this is a democracy, but it seems to be working for you. This isn't a democracy. It's a cheerocracy. Everyone knows that. And I'm the cheer-tater. So that night, all of you make your way very easily because it's pretty much always open uh, to the Dean's Wing um, late at night. And there's no one around because this is an administrative area and why would anyone be around right now? Uh, So it's quiet and there's no one here. And when... Skelebro goes to try the door to the foyer. It is locked. But when Tez goes to try, it is unlocked. And you hmm. can feel like the, the faintest buzzing of the key charm. I told you guys. I've got the key. I can get in. I'm going to book an appointment. You guys you guys can't come in. You don't have the key. <laughs> and he just like kind of like dances across the threshold and closes the door behind him. Uh, as he does, he you know he winks to give uh, so that at least Skelebro will notice that it's on. Right. <laughs> um, as you might expect, it's finally appointed. Um, this is essentially a, a waiting room. There are uh, magical academic journals lying out for people who are, are waiting. Several chairs. There are um, finely painted portraits. Uh, and because this is lore holds, you can see there are various um, relics on those same kinds of pedestals that are uh, that line the uh, walkway into the tower in the first place. Uh, and then uh, on the opposite uh, wall, you can see a large set of wooden double doors. And then to the left of that is what looks like a sign-up sheet. Tez picks up the he kind of you know does a bit of a like a a, a a drunken sailor kind of you know two steps forward one step sideways kind of walk uh, towards it and picks it up and then just sort of like turns around with it in his hands and kind of considers the room over the edge of the paper if that makes sense like he's reading the paper but trying to look around trying to figure out which door is hers mm, mm-hmm and then when, when as he does that he will then kind of like walk up to the door uh with the sign up sheet right and and sort of like be looking at it and, and and looking for the slot that makes sense but while really casing the door itself give me investigation or perception investigation <laughs> uh okay our hero's luck is starting to middle uh, nine plus four, 13. So you are trying to identify where her office is, right? Trying to identify where her office is and, and any, like, obvious countermeasures. So there are, in addition to the double doors, 
in front of you, there are doors to the left and the right. You don't notice, you know, traps or anything like that. Uh, the door in front of you, though, is certainly locked. But you are able to peer through the keyhole. What'd you get on uh, the check? A 13? 13. You can't really make anything out. You can see that there's uh, another room. It looks like what is a reception desk. And then mm, you count probably three doors. You would guess are individual offices. You don't know which one would be hers, though. It's hard to see from here because the keyhole is so narrow. There are things inside the room, but you can't really make them out. Nothing seems to be moving now. You know what? Tez tries the door on whichever one he best guesses is uh, is hers. You can look. You can peer through the keyhole into a reception area, and in that room there are three doors that you can make out. But you're not currently in the reception area. The door to the reception area is locked. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. That. Uh, okay. Well, then Tez will just. <sighs> Uh, Tez will cast Detect Magic just to check if there's any abjuration on the door, like a an alarm spell. No. Okay, and I think... Uh, no alarm, no alarm, and uh, nothing like uh, an arcane lock. Okay. Um, is there anything... Uh, although behind you, actually, the door you came in with the key charm, that has abjuration, and you're going to guess that's an arcane lock. Right, and that's that's what the key charm was for. But this seems to be just like a mundane lock. Probably a very good one, but a mundane lock. Any other magical effect that might be scrying? Like, is there any divination effect in the room? Not that you can tell. Um, the portraits are giving off magic, but they also... Mm, yeah, they're giving off conjuration magic. I don't remember if you get the uh, school. Yeah, you, but you just get fine. the school. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they're giving out conjuration. Uh, but you don't notice anything like active happening with the portraits in this room. Um, okay. Inside the other room, you can, mm, you like, like I said, you can't, you don't have a very good vantage point in terms of like visuals. So you can see that there are auras in there, but you can't really pinpoint exactly like what they are, what they might be. It's fine. Uh, but again, nothing magic. moving. Detect magic is a uh, 10 minute spell and also a ritual. So I can, now that I'm confident that there's no, uh, nothing, I'm not on camera, as it were, I could drop the drunk act uh, and whip out my lock picks and start working on that, uh, start working on that lock. All right, let's do it. Give me these tools. Uh, and I will guidance myself naturally. So that'll be a 14 plus two. I think I have, I don't know if I have expertise in these tools. I, pro I guess I probably don't. What do you have? What do you have expertise? What are your two expertises? They are persuasion and stealth, but I don't, mm, okay. I thought I might get it from, do you not get it free from the thief? You will get it free from, uh, artificer eventually. Oh, interesting. Uh, Rogue just lets you pick Thieves Tools as one of your expertises. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, got it. Okay, no worries. Uh, then it is a 14 plus 2 plus 6, because it's dexterity, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, 
22. Hmm. Uh, that's good enough that you can tell that you're close. But mm. this lock is very good. Ay, 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 ay. I mean, there are definitely things that you could do, right? I mean, you could try to break it. You could, you could do things to weaken the lock so it would be easier to pick. I'm assuming you don't want to do anything that leaves traces. That's the trick, yeah. Uh, that's, that's what I will be considering. Uh, into my inventory of scrolls for a silver bullet. Uh, I have an all-purpose tool. <laughs> you do. Have you selected the cantrip for the day? I have not. Uh, but also it just struck me that that's a plus one tool. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. Plus one thieves tools. Those are 23. Plus one thieves tools. Yeah. Which is the same result. Yeah. Like, you think you're very close. Yeah. It's just that last tumbler, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just that Literally. last tumbler. It's, it's tricky. You also do have your companions just on the other side of the door. I don't know if there's anything they can do, but they are there. Oh, that's true. That would be so embarrassing, though. It's true. Although, I don't know, is it? How how gauche is it to beg for a bless? <laughs> oh, no, that's not skill checks. That's saving throws. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. I already used my my guidance. Uh, <laughs> Ugh, this is annoying. I don't have time for this. Uh, I, Tez uh, inspects the door jam because there are always two ways into a uh, through a locked door. One is by picking the lock. The other is by picking the jam. <laughs> so how sturdy does that look? Is that just like a, a, a an ornately carved wooden door jam that looks like it might be, um, you know, like easily damaged if one were to apply enough force? Or is it, you know, something more, uh, more robust and <laughs> like secure? You don't have like nature or anything, right? Um... No, but I am an expert at breaking into things. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can tell. Like, it's, a, it's a hardwood door. Like, it's a fine hardwood door. But, of course, it is fine. So, yep. the application of force is going to scuff things, right? That is what mending is for. <laughs> Where the, the time uh, has passed to do this the clever way, and it is time to do it the tradescraft, or the tradesman way. And we're just going to work at it. So... Yeah, so Tez will begin applying uh, a a combination of uh, you know what? Yeah, his uh, his combination of like <laughs> you know chisel and uh, and and maybe a little bit of uh, a little bit of magic to uh, you know speed up the degradation of the door, but he's going to just take a bite out of it so that he can get the. Uh, like basically just force the the deadbolt, right? Like force the catching mechanism rather than forcing the lock. Okay, so you're basically breaking around the lock. Yep. Huh? And All then right. I'll mend it back. Um, Let's say, give me... This feels like it's still thieves' tools, right? It's just a different approach to thieves' tools. Yeah, because, you'll, I mean, thieves' or tools are tinker's aren't... tools? 
maybe this is more this feels like it's more tinker tools right like i like i I might be pulling out like a, a magical torch here you know like a magical acetylene torch uh yeah it also might be smith's tools um but any of those is fine i have all of those great okay um and this still feels like dexterity all right okay the dice have improved uh First of all, I got a four on my self-guidance, which is always good to have your own back. I got a 14 on the die, so that's a 18 plus the same six. No, it's not any better. Ah, it is better. Ha-ha, <laughs> plus six, 24, plus one for my all-purpose tool, <laughs> a 25. 25. And the door swings open uh, quite quietly, although there is uh, a bit of sawdust do you mend it now or like, what do you do first? The door swings open. Yes. Uh, we will, uh, Tez will mend it now. Uh, but he will, he will leave something in the lock to keep it from setting all the way. Mm, okay. Does that make yeah. sense? Like, like, so yeah. it, it, it will be, yes, it is mended, but it is not caught. So he can open it, you know, one time, right? There's right. So, so anyone can just swing the door open. Yeah, exactly. And it's somewhere to, put a key in and turn the lock you know that little sheet of paper or whatever would fall out and they would be none the wiser right okay potentially uh, i mean we'll see how good i am at stealth all right how long does mending take is it an action or like a minute uh the cantrip itself uh is a minute so the door doesn't swing all the way open like it opens right you have it open you have it open a tiny bit you sit there for another minute mend the thing put in the paper and now you have full control of the door. Okay. I will step through the threshold. Give me a stealth check. I thought you'd never ask. Finally, a roll I have advantage on. I rolled an 18 and a 2, so I will be taking the 18. Uh, and uh, a 3 on the guidance, which is 21 plus 9? Plus 9, 30. That's a very good stealth. Give me a perception check. This is where things go awry. I don't think I get guidance for this one, but I did okay. Uh, 16 plus 3 is 19. All right. Several things happen. You very quietly step inside and close the door behind you, and you don't hear the catch, as you expect. You do, however, feel a faint breeze, and you are very sure that something is in this room with you but you cannot see anything in this room with you and it is not a large room the other thing that happens is you spot very conspicuously in front of the rightmost door of these three doors standing just outside a potted plant but not just any potted plant Tez knows exactly what this potted plant is. It's sickly, twisted, leafless branches are sticking up out of the soil, completely motionless, looking so much like shark grass. Twig blight. It is, of course, a twig blight. And on the burnished nameplate on the door that the twig blight is sitting directly next to it says Dean Augusta Tullis 
and we'll find out what happens next, next week. All right, let's talk about how our listeners can get in contact with us. We do love hearing from you. You can tweet at Shane at Mundangerous. That's M-U-N Dangerous. And you can tweet at Ishan at Evil Sans Carne. That's Malice minus Meat. And you can tweet at the show at TPTCast. You can also email us at TotalPartyThrill at gmail.com. And you can find us on the web at www.TotalPartyThrill.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at TotalPartyThrill. And join the conversation on Discord. There's a link in the show notes. And before we wrap up, we want to take a moment and thank our Patreon supporters. Your support is what makes it possible for us to keep doing this show. So if you'd like to learn more, you can check out all of our rewards at patreon.com slash totalpartythrill. So what do we have planned for next week's episode? We are continuing our playthrough of the Magister's Masquerade. Well, that's it for episode 328 of Total Party Thrill. I hope we lived up to our name, but either way, I'm Shane. And I'm Ishan. Thanks for listening. <laughs>